Kia ora, kia ora, kia ora, kia ora, kia ora. On today's episode of Sweat As, we have Queensland-based boxer Richie the Hatchet Hadlow. He talks to us about turning pro, about helping others learn from his mistakes, uh, a little bit of drama about his brain, his honeybees, and a whole bunch more. He's a character. Please enjoy. Your real self is inside you. Your body gets old. Some of you go to look at the fridge, look at, you don't have no teeth. Your hair is leaving you. Your bodies get tired. But your soul and your spirit never die. Sweat as the podcast. Richie Hadlow. The Hatchet. Put your theme music. Nah, I'm thinking about putting this on like, uh, how's it go? Train all day. Henry Youngman by night. All day. No, you don't know. What is that? Well, don't worry about it. People will know it. It's the podcast. It's the old uh, Rogan. Henry Rogan. Oh, yeah. Old Joe Rogan. Imagine a world where your greatest fears become reality. (laughs) Welcome to Fear Factory. (laughs) (laughs) You have to shove your testicles into this glass with scorpions. For (laughs) $50,000. Um, Shep, what have you been up to today? Mate, today has been a very box of eggs, if that's a thing. <laughs> it is now. It's been a very basket, bro. I've been, um, I was just saying to you, I've been doing the old youth work and, um, you know, it's it's great to be able to help people. So that's what I've been doing today, helping people, man. Uh, youth working, it's a, I don't know, it's a pretty unique sort of line of It is, bro. Thing to do. It is, it's, um... You know what? I've, I've made some mistakes in my life, so um, that's all. I I just be real with people, and uh, I I'm fucked up. So you know, I try to teach people not to make those fuck ups by what I've done. It's always good to learn off other people's mistakes. Boom. S- saves a lot of heartache and pain. Sounds like a song. Probably is. Have you? How do you? How do you let these younger people know? How do you get through to them? I just be myself, man. Be keeping it real is what I've been saying on the on the Instagram, Twitter. No, I don't actually have Twitter, but I got Instagram. But uh, be keep it real, man. Just um, yeah, I tell them the truth. I try to. You got to be a little bit wary about what you tell young people about yourself and actually real decisions and real life stuff because that is you and that's your experience. So um, you have to protect them and yourself. But uh, in saying that, yeah, be keep it real, man. You were saying that there's a, a couple of jokers who don't listen to many people, but you manage to sort of... Yeah, well, I'm in a privileged role, you know, because uh, I say what the parents say, but um, they listen they listen to the information, be it the same information that they're getting from their parents. So I've seen over the years that boxing can be a pretty good pathway for troubled youngsters Mate, to it's, pursue. It's a vehicle, isn't it? It's a vehicle to teach them anything. So... Uh, you want to look at myself, I was kicked out of school as a youngin, um, you know, and I went uh, on a certain pathway, we don't need to talk about it. that's pretty boring. But um, I, thought, I was actually going to, how'd you get kicked out? This is, this is not boring. Ooh. What did you do? <laughs> oh, well, what did you man, do? I shouldn't have said it, I shouldn't have said yeah. it. Uh, nah, well, it was a, uh, it was a, th- it was a physical, it was a physical thing, basically I, I, I attacked someone. Um, okay as a youngin so lost I uh, saw red and um yeah a, like a bully at the school so I um <laughs> yeah I grabbed a I ran into a class actually I ran right into a class wood, wood, wood shop is it yeah um, a workshop actually it was uh it was metal tech 
I ran into Metal Tech and I grabbed this big six foot pole. Oh, right. And, <laughs> and then the whole class saw me and then they went, oh. And then the teacher saw me and then I, uh, I decided to put it back and then I ran back in and um, grabbed like a two before. And then and then I ran out. Slightly less threatening. Chased a guy, yeah. And then no. uh, basically, I never I never got to him. He was a sprinter. Uh, so he was the school sprinter, so I couldn't catch him. So I got left uh, holding a piece of wood. Basically, that was my last days at school. Yeah. But um, again, it was perf- perfect. We segue there, uh, Henry. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up and bringing up my demons. But uh, when you learn to box, it's you don't use weapons so now I, sit, I look back on those times and I've been in parties where people have had weapons and I've seen seen fights and uh, you know born up in uh, Papakura yeah. so um, you know I know what's, I know what's going on I know what really happens and um, when you box you it's you you're alone and you've got to rely on yourself and skill and your determination and everything that you've put into getting into that ring uh, yeah it's pretty isolating it's just you it's lonely bro you dukes against someone else and, and you can't there's nowhere to hide is it nowhere to hide brother yeah. that's uh what we say it's a lonely sport but you do it with a team right. you have people in your corner you have people that you train with you have people that support you financially or you know morally in your life and um but when you get in there it's hella lonely so has boxing always been ingrained or well you know when did when did you put down the two by four and pick up the gloves <laughs> Sounds like I was a builder, eh? Uh, when did I do that, mate? You know, like, my older brother was uh, was always a boxer, so he'd box since he was 14. Oh. And uh, he never took it serious, and I was actually uh, involved in gymnastics jokes, gymnastics. That's not very politically correct, is it? Um, no, and I think well, those gymnasts are talented athletes. Interesting folk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what else can we say? Right, but that's sort of, that, I don't know, man, it comes down to the hours that they put into. Oh, man, that so pint. I used to train 30 hours a week. I was a hard out gymnast. Uh, I never used to enjoy it. Uh, I never used to like watch it. I wasn't enthusiastic about the sport, but uh, I was actually pretty talented and, uh, and I could move. And I could, you know, I, I was strong for my body size, and gymnastics is all about power to weight ratio. So I always uh, committed myself. Uh, you know, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Literally in gymnastics, you got blood. It's all the an time. emotional sport. There's a um, lot of people crying there. Uh, yeah, bro. I mean, it's devastating, isn't it? You watch someone train their whole lives and they bend their leg the wrong degree, yeah. and then oh, they are out man. of the medals. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's devastating. But uh, it is what it is. It's perfection, you know. So um, hey, I did all that, and then uh, if you're asking when did I pick up the gloves, well, we all know I did the the thriller and the chiller, but. Basically, my brother's been boxing for years, and um, he always said I should box and do this, that, and the other. But I suppose I just put my work ethic from gymnastics into the boxing when it came about, which was really late. Did uh, I was um, I had a pretty like my brother and I used to bloody we used to to throw down occasionally. He's an older brother, always bigger than me. Boom, boom. And I felt like just the odd tussle with a brother sort of helped. Um, I don't know just general sort of development and how and how to like grapple or how to like fight a little bit cause it's bizarre man something in it something in the contact you would know right so yeah. uh there's something in the camaraderie and just contact to so rugby teams and what have you you got to go through something to run at someone full pace and go boom yeah i mean it's not it's not in everyone's uh not everyone's got the salt you know um and it's 
sometimes it's not something that you can teach. So yeah, maybe it's a bit of that nurture versus nature. Mm. Uh, you're growing up with a brother, uh, as did I, and uh, my brother terrorized me since you know yeah. day one. So he's four years older than me. I don't know if that was a difference, but um, yeah. I, I think it's the competitive aspect as well, even not with just brothers, but like any siblings. If there's a younger sister who's always trying to keep up with older brothers, you know, it sort of helps promote development mm. and, and competitiveness and sort of um, yeah it goes both ways it goes both ways like uh, my old brother was kicked out of school too and uh, I suppose I followed in his footsteps in a sense because I thought oh that's the norm but so it can set it can set you up for good things and it can set you up the other way too yeah well cool that you're sort of you know, passing that. on we'll be on that and sort of and passing on the you know some sage words to younger peeps who the knowledge yeah that um, people can probably relate to uh, so the boxing thing, you recently won your first pro bout. Yeah, bold. Congrats. Cheers, man. I actually just got the video. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Quite a convincing uh, I, I smashed the guy, man. At the end of it, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I hadn't fought for 13 months before this. So right. it was actually good to get some rounds out. And uh, I said to... Before I even had this fight, you know, I didn't talk enough smack, to be honest. I, I was very respectful and I kind of kept it how I did in the amateurs always made eye contact and you shake people's hand and it's about the sport. So I don't believe in talking smack, but, uh, in the pros is a bit different. People rock up, they don't make weight. And this happened in this fight. He did not make weight. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of people in, in my amateur career come up. I had, I think 11 losses in my amateur career and maybe seven or eight of them. People came and patted me on the back and said, Hey, good fight. If you had a fourth round, you would have won that. Yeah. And it's always a backhanded compliment because you're like, well, you're saying I'm pretty shit because I haven't got it for the amateurs, right? So uh, I well, knew this. how you look at that. And I said this before this fight. And then, you know, what do you know? I, you know, I, I bloody stopped him in the fourth. And um, that was always going to be the case. But it was actually really good. I could have stopped him in the first. Looking back on it, there was some good stuff in the boxing, but a lot of not so good stuff, but yeah, thirteen months not fighting. Yeah, um, it's been a hell of a thirteen months as well with that that brain scan, the whole brain saga. damage. Yeah, <laughs> was that a bit of a scan? I, get, I think young oh, to you sure. here in the gym, you were sort of like, well, shit, we'll see what the results are. But at the moment, you were sort of you were leaning either way. You're like, fuck, I'm just going to deal with whatever happens. That's it, bro. And um, you know, I I can't imagine standing there and, and defending myself against a doctor and saying, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, I want to fight. You know yeah. what I mean? For, for what exactly? Because when you when I had this uh, follow-up with a neurologist, the neurologist looks me dead in the eyes and says, well, as, an, as a neurologist, you don't box. Yeah. 100%. And just to, from a doctor's point of view, and you look at their life and what they do and she goes look i don't i don't understand it like i understand the sport and I understand your commitment and my, you know but i don't understand yeah you getting, sh- you getting sh- head trauma same with rugby probably you should have just said to her like look listen lady fight me <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> should have just thrown the uppercut left hook <laughs> boom shut up nah um nah so it's, so you know i had to be serious and there's no way that i was going to sit there and talk to someone like yourself and say oh you know oh, no nah, i want to fight anyways i mean it's a meathead decision if you've got medical people telling you this, that, and the other. But what she actually did tell me, other than, hey, don't box just for uh, medical reasons, she said, like, whatever I'm seeing here is, is does not increase any chances of, of, of aneurysms or anything uh, 
life-threatening basically so right it was age indeterminate which means that they didn't know when it happened and i've had a i've had a big head trauma in my gymnastics career mm. uh I say to people as an example I don't know if this is the case but I could have like walked into a coffee table when I was two years old yeah right is this a traces of some sort of trauma yep and luckily it wasn't basically it picks up the iron elements that's in your blood and then uh, obviously when blood dissipates from tissue it leaves the iron oh okay that's it it's like a it's like a record what's the guy that's like it's magnetic it's some bloody any crime scene investigation shit right there yeah there was no sperm on my there was no sperm on my brain thankfully (laughs) then people would have got arrested or something who knows you can get a blue light on Richie (laughs) right over here (laughs) what's this do a DNA profile on that sperm on his head nah what's the difference between winning and losing the pro fight because obviously when it's pro that means there's a bit of coin on the table is that how it works so is it winner gets a bit of coin loser gets nothing Uh, so it's all it's all about contract man man you can fight tomorrow you can be a pro tomorrow we just sign the line I mean if I agree on the weights and whatever this is why making weight and all that when people don't make weight it's unprofessional Mm. and usually they get you know you deduct money from their purse and this didn't happen in this situation I'd gone through a whole other like uh, way to get this fight, trained with a different trainer and so on and so forth. And that relationship, I suppose, uh, wasn't uh, conducive of me actually following that up on weigh-in because I was more worried about the fight. But um, yeah, so you make you make you make uh, agreements. It's, that's the difference. Yeah. And with the amateurs, you've got certain rule sets, weights, categories that you must fit into. And then there's you've got to make weight, and then there's rules mm. as in round numbers so it's always an amateurs it's three three minute rounds and um you get scored accordingly and if you win you win i mean it's crazy how people sort of take the pro stuff a little less seriously or the pro stuff seems a little bit less seriously governed than the amateur stuff where if you don't make weight as an amateur then is that fight off that's it fights off whereas and yeah so if if me and you had a fight set up as an amateur not set up but we organized it and you didn't make weight, I would win that bout. Yeah. As It's called a walkover. Yeah. So if it was a championship, I, I could win, um, not that this would happen, but in New Zealand, more likely to happen, but not anywhere else in the world. I could win like a regional championships that could qualify me for a nationals or could qualify me for the New Zealand number spot, which could get me New Zealand rep by walkover. Do you know what I mean? Right. So, so you could that's get- how important weight is making is. Yeah. Until the pros. <laughs> Until like, the pros, you know. yeah. And then you get some joker who doesn't make weight and then, uh, you know, doesn't want to be there. But like you said, so with their winning and losing, yes, that could be part of the contract, but this contract didn't have yeah. that in my first pro fight. And uh, as I walked into the stadium, you know, obviously to get warm up, warmed up, uh, what, hour and a half before, whatever, they go, oh, there you are, Richie, boom, envelope full of cash. Maybe I shouldn't say that. No cash was given, actually. <laughs> you what? never know where the IRD is. No cash was given. It was vouchers. Uh, so you are paid before the bout? Yeah. And, and then, then as, did you get a bonus I... afterwards? Or no, was, it, no, was no. it just, you just no. got paid just for it is what it fronting is. up? Fronting up, that's right. But as I was warming up and as I hopped into that ring, I thought, this joker that hasn't made weight and he's just showing up. And no disrespect to anyone in boxing, you know, I'm, but I'm calling him a joker because he's the one that didn't make weight, all right? So, um, he's been paid so stay down you know yeah. what are you doing you don't really want to be here you've been paid man you, you're just what you came for so uh, but uh, I suppose that's kind of a, uh, an adrenaline mindset 
at that time, but it's interesting. That combo that you planted on him, what was it, three or four shots? One was a, like a, one to the body, an uppercut, and then one to the face or something? Yeah. Can you remember? <laughs> yeah, so what was it? Boom. Uh, yeah, I went to the body, then I went, um, I went upstairs with a couple of shots, but one missed. But in boxing, it's momentum. So momentum, this is what I teach people in the boxing training that I do. And you've done some yourself, so you get it. It's a momentum load phase to another load and release. Yeah, right. Unlike a golf swing, I always use that as an example. There's a load, then there's a release, and then that's the end of the movement. Boxing is swing to swing to swing to swing to swing. Yeah. So, yeah, miss a shot, boom, load the next shot, landed it. Did you, do you consciously think about what punches you're going to throw, or does it just happen with initiative? Like, wow. Initiative, not initiative, but like... Does it just, do you just sort of do it instinctively rather, or do you sort of plan that shit out? Mm, to a degree. I mean, there might be some things that you hear in the corner. It's, it's going to be more of a in-between round thing that you're going to have those thought processes. Um, but for me, it's the plain and simple thing, and, and anyone can use this in the ring if, you, if you're interested in sparring or whatever, is just change it. Just change the pattern. Yeah, keep right? them guessing. However you want to look at it cross triangle circle circle <laughs> circle circle triangle cross you know you know just bend do, does everyone see where i'm going with this yeah yeah you know what but, i mean right just yeah just but, button bash that shit button bash that's the one button bash that shit that's it that's the cheat yeah um basically that and in doing that you will be you will be kind of opening different doors yeah uh so to speak um even do you have another bout locked in Nah, okay. nah, I'm struggling with the with the like intercity yeah, right. thing I got going on right now. So I got to figure it out. Do you want to call anyone out right now? That'd be funny. Uh everybody, lightweight, <laughs> let's go. I've already done it, man. I, I texted a guy Shiva from Wellington. Um, he's a good boxer. He he was fighting a guy that I fought to qualify for Commonwealth Games uh, in the pros now though. And uh, I messaged him and said, "Hey, you can beat this guy. Just stay on his chest, push him." He doesn't like it when he's quite flash boxer. This guy that he was fighting, I said, "Stay on his chest. He can't. He won't deal with you." And this guy can hit hard. And um, anyways, knocked him out. Boom! It was unreal. Real good knockout. Better than mine. Yeah. Twisted his body. One of those knockouts where they, they, you know, they they crumble upon themselves. <laughs> they kind of, they kind of. Uh, what's that instrument? Uh, the. Um... I was going to say cardigan I've got one in uh, in my bloody room for some reason <laughs> wow that's worth a bit of money yeah it's a, get that um, on bloody marketplace bro oh it's not Mark as the guy you know the, room, the thing room. man Constantina yeah, nah, Const- Constantina does that right is, is it that, is that the word you know, like a filing cabinet thing that yeah. folds, man. They f- We've all seen that knockout where they fold each other. Anyways, he, he knocks this guy out, and then I text him and said, well done, bro. And he goes, thanks, bro, all good. And I said, you know what this means? And he goes, nah, what does it mean? I said, the hatchet's coming, dot, dot, dot. This in the text. He never replied. He just liked it. So it might be my next buddy uh, Instagram post, I think. Oh, I watched screenshot that shit. And- um, so it's cool that you're calling out your opponent's mic after you give them advice and then text them and then like call them out. <laughs> well, I don't know what that is, but it's just the truth, I suppose. Uh, 2019, I uh, solicit fights through your um, through texting and through social media. Slide into someone's DMs and be like, "Hey, hey. fight me." That's it. 
Yeah, you mentioned you do a bit of training in that. Uh, yeah, bro. What do people, what are they looking for when they come to do some boxing training with you? I think with me, it's probably the, maybe maybe um, something that I offer, that, I, that I'm very passionate about boxing, but also maybe the mental element or the mental side of it. And then uh, it's really simple for me in terms of anyone, even yourself, if we went out to the gym now, the more you can kind of get into your own head, whether it's the fight prep or actually in the ring, the better you'll be because you're just playing off situations and scenarios. And that's what boxing is. It's just high pace. Joe Rogan does it best or, you know, whatever. I'm sorry to mention another podcast. Hey, mate, there's nothing but podcast love in here. <laughs> yeah. He says the best, man, high-paced chess with, with dire consequences, and that, that's exactly what it is. So you're just making moves. Oh, I'm going to put the pawn there. What happens? Oh, they're moving that. Okay, so if you can play that out without the opponent as a shadow, uh, that's what it is. Wait, so people are like, hey, Richie, I need to hone in on my mental game. Or is that... I don't think people come and say that to me, but that's that... inherently what they get. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe that's good. Yeah. <laughs> good? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> maybe that's good. Uh, yeah, bro. Um, I'm Ron so... Burgundy. <laughs> Ron Burgundy? He's doing a podcast. Is he? Yeah, so uh, Will Farrell's like taking on the role of... Uh, Ron Burgundy doing a podcast. Uh, I just oh, it popped up on my thing. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah Everyone tap into that one. Yeah. Uh, the mental side of things we've touched on is the fact it's a pretty, it's you a biggie. You call me mental. I'm saying you're a bit out the gate. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but obviously that's a massive component of boxing. I'm going to say seventy percent. Oh, 70. Interesting, because I was about to I was about to throw out a percentage. What was your percentage? So, mate. This is the thing. I've heard so many, and uh, I've heard the New Zealand coaches, they said 80. And then mm. I went overseas. Americans said to me 95. Ooh. Ooh. And then, uh, you know, I say to people 90. Okay, so see, I'm bloody, but I need yeah. more mental game. You need more mental game, yeah. bro. Like, uh, it's mental, bro. It's 100% mental. And uh, I suppose. So it's 100%. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> How many percentages is there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, you, yeah, no. Nah. Look at Ruiz, who's probably, you know, if, if, if the 80 or 90% is mental and the rest is like conditioning or strength, like Ruiz, he's pretty massive. Maybe he's like 98%. It's just all in his ears. I've fucking got this. <laughs> that 2% There's not hey, a lot man, of effort on that. He's good, bro. I think he, he, he had an amateur career of like 120 fights. Five losses. He's no joke. Four. And I saw something on him as well, that he was fighting at seven, and because he was so big, fat, you know, because he was so fat, there was no one in his weight class in that because no one was that big. And so he would fight 12, 13-year-olds at seven, and he's beating them. Well, he obviously beat them because he only had five losses his whole career. Four. He's no joke, man. It's crazy how the Simpsons, like, predicted that. Oh, <laughs> that yeah? episode with Homer. It was just, it just wore all those, like, hits. Oh, yeah. And then eventually it's like, you know, knocks out the Joshua. He didn't really equipment. wear that many shots, it's to be fair. He, oh, I didn't see it. He, 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 he didn't see it. Well, I just saw there was a meme and it was like one screen grab of the Simpsons episode <laughs> and it was it had an uncanny <laughs> like resemblance to the uh, to that. And who was uh, 
Who was home of fighting? Mike Tyson or something? Is it you know that boxer who's in there? He's got like that cliche boxer. He's got like a speaking pad in it. That'd be Tyson though. Yeah, I think it's a Tyson oh, Pistake. Boom. Boom. That's funny. Pistake. Simpsons done that heaps. Yeah, they called it with Trump. Yeah. What's Some that about? 9-11. What's that it's about? The, it's the Illuminati, man. Oh, shoot. Rockefeller. Goddamn right. Morgans. You know. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying some names. We've already said too much. <laughs> the Youngmans. <laughs> They're listening right now. Um, Hit me with a cue, bro. Hey? Hit me with a cue. Coming at you, dog. Stand, stand by. We're playing through this. Basically, if anyone wants to train at their gym, industrial fitness is the place to be. Um, we're getting an extension and, uh, you know, it's going to be the premier gym in Queenstown. Um, if, if it's not already, but definitely once this is done. And uh, if you want to do boxing, you just got to give me a call. 0204-BOXING. No joke, no joke. Henry's here laughing, but if, um, it's, it's real, man. We haven't made it clear, but we are actually coming to you from the nucleus of industrial. We're sort of tucked into uh, this wee office. And there's a, there's, a, there's a window coming out of the office into the weights room, which to them is a... It's a two-way mirror. mirror. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So we're just watching people check themselves out. Yeah, it's actually pretty, pretty entertaining at times. Yeah. Not that much talent out there right now. Are you talking like, in what respect? Just uh, people with talented lifts. That's what I thought you meant. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, um, you've got a bit of a... What are you doing to my apple? (laughs) (laughs) You've been bloody fondling that for the last 10 minutes. I don't want to say. Nervous. Yeah, apples and nerves. I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Confiscate my apple off you. My bad. My bad. Um, apples um, grow on trees. Trees. Have flower. Um, flowers pollinated by bees. Bees. Wu-Tang. Killer. Killer. You, uh, you're all about the bees as well and a relatively sort of new hobby. That's it, bro. Um, How'd you get into that? Oh, man. You know, it was through the gardening, bro. It was through the flowers of the garden so I you know I had a garden in Fernhill and um uh you know I went to Buzzstop what's his name Nick yeah Nick he's a great crazy cat shout out to Nick if you're listening um yeah, I went there and I started looked at the queen bee going around the observatory hive and then he goes oh yeah there and he goes there's hives for sale out in uh Cromwell Cromwell Crompton Cromwell Cromwell and uh at Farmlands just up from Alexandria <laughs> it's the one <laughs> Central. Um, Central Target. Target. <laughs> Sandy. Father's <laughs> uh, Day. Father's Day. Father's Day. Oh, I don't know. What day? Hey, I Father's Day on Sunday, eh? What day? Yeah, Father's Day. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, so you go to Cromers and grab I go to Cromers, bro, 95 bucks, got a hive, and then I said to Nick, he goes, go get this hive, bestie I've seen, 95 bucks. I said, yes, sir, I'm going to get it, and I'll... Um, Am I going too loud again? No, I'm just saying how we're doing. Uh, right. And then uh, I said, sweet, bro, I'll get the hive and you get the bees. And he goes, yep, sweet, you let me know when you get the hive. Got the hive and I said, bro, I got the hive. And he goes, oh. <laughs> and he played left me high and dry. <laughs> You're going to need some bees, mate. And then I was like, fuck, now I've got a hive, no bees. And so then I, yeah, text some people and a friend of a friend of someone and 
I had to drive out back out to Alex and um, Lord Alexandra, and it was bloody. The instructions were unreal. Bloody go over a bridge, pass the thing, and then you'll see a letterbox. And when you see the letterbox, don't go right, and then go forward a bit and go left, and then you'll see a Ute, and then some brown hives, and then walk up there. And then <laughs> I was like, it oh, sounds right. like a dodgy deal. Mate, it's well, it felt like it. And yeah. then rocked up, had the cash. He had the bees. He put it down. He was all suited up. Couldn't really see his identity. And uh, I got the hell out of there. And then put them in the hive and, yeah, Bob's your auntie, really. Heisenberg. Heisenberg of the, of the honey world. Yeah, bro. I mean, from doing this, bro, it's a huge industry. The honey money is what people talk about. Yeah, obviously the Chinese tourists that roll through just Bob. hit that buzz stop. And there's obviously a few other shops that have popped up where they're just all about that manuka. Yeah, bro. And the manukas are that's a proper industry because uh, from what I understand anyways the flowers only flower for like two or three weeks and so when you're talking about bees going to get nectar from a flower you've got to have a hive that's thriving with worker bees so for that um, period for that period yeah. so then you've got to get all your hives ready wherever the, wherever the heck they are and they helicopter those things in yeah drop them down they go yeah. hard for two weeks then they might take them to another spot where manuka flower. I think they've got a weak pocket. Yeah, well, it will flow on, depending on the on the weather, on the microclimates of each. So they're so. taking these hives, all right. So you're paying for helicopter fees when you buy that oh. manuka. And that, I guess that's a pretty unique honey to New Zealand because it's obviously yeah. a New Zealand native. But apparently, we've been bush. we've been done by the by the Aussies because you know we've got this oomph. Do you know the oomph? The UMF? Is that what Justin Marshall's bringing out? That, <laughs> oh. oh no, that's Boomfa. <laughs> What's Boomfa? <laughs> it's an energy drink that oh, oh, Justin Marshall. Justin. Yeah, apparently. Oh, he'll be so good on the ads, eh? Boomfa! Wow! Yeah, look at that Boomfa! Uh, He's a funny commentator. He'll be a funny boxing commentator, actually. You're one of the few people to describe him as being funny. Right, my bad. We digress. Um, all right, so you got your you got your Winnie the Pooh on in a big way. Uh, there seems to be like a bit of a correlation with boxing and bees. Like it's not uncommon for that combo. Well, is it? Well, I don't know because I I trained someone a while ago and they knew three boxers that started a business over in Western Australia called the Furious Bee. Followed them on Instagram. Um, yeah, and they love it. Yeah, They're all about the bees. Uh, I mean, the only correlation I know is is float like a butterfly, sting so, like a well, bee. Well, that's the third. That's three now. There's you, there's those guys over the coast, and it's Muhammad as well. Muhammad. <laughs> yeah, well, look at that. <laughs> wow, there must be a correlation. What? Well, yeah. Apparently what I was saying before about the UMF. That's this is the this is why manuka honey is important. It's that unique manuka factor. So I think they've got to come up with a better name. <laughs> but it's some kind of anti. Uh, microbial thing that's going on with this honey from that nectar but uh, apparently the eucalyptus trees have something like four or five fold times the amount of that same kind of factor yeah. so oh gross so the Australians are just tapping into that boom it's going to be more healthy anyways honey it's obviously been around for thousands of years it's a natural preserver it's got it's, it's, is it a superfood people is it got is it hit that status here where people are like that, that which i guess where this boom town ta- boom time has come from where everyone's just mopping up honey. <sighs> yeah i don't know i don't know if it's a superfood but it, it's, it's pretty good it's near enough perfect because it lasts forever and uh it's perfect for the bees obviously I don't know about it being perfect for human consumption. Consumption? Are you vegan? 
Depending uh, on that. Nah, but a hard, like level 10 vegans out there, shout out. I think veg- veganism, if that's a word, is the way to go. But uh, yeah, level 10 vegan wouldn't have honey. Yeah. Because to get honey the way that we get it now, you yeah. have to mess with the beehive. You have to alter something alter that's going on. Because the honey is the store of the bee. So that's just their winter food. It's their pantry for the winter. Oh, well, outside of you know those sort of things, you've got a couple other little projects going on. And I know you're, you're a man to don the tutu and um, <laughs> get into the ballet. So you're taking on the role of Simba pretty much throughout this dance routine. Yep. And then obviously there's a little, you get, you get Rafiki'd at the end there <laughs> by yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> we actually got, we got dance practice tonight. So yes. it's, gonna be, it's gonna be good. Semi-reputable people of the community coming you're beautiful yeah, coming. that's why I'm on there <laughs> yeah that's why I'm there there's <laughs> actual lawyers and counsellors yeah. and stuff it's yeah, pretty yeah, weird yeah, sort yeah. of mix of people yeah exactly I feel like we've covered everything I'm pretty sure really yeah thanks for being a part of Sweat As Sweat As bro cheers homie man thanks for having me yeah pleasure um, absolute pleasure